Hello. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone and I'm Nikki Pope and today we are about to have a chat with Angelo Seminara who is really one of those names where you do say does he need an introduction but let's try. He is <laughs> several times winner of British Hairdresser of the Year, he is several times winner of the AIPP Grand Trophy, he has he came to notice, really, I suppose, um, when he was a, a student with Trevor Sorby. But, I mean, in the last however many, 30-something years, he's just absolutely run with creative and visionary hairdressing that has just been really exciting to watch. We are here to ask him lots of questions about um, where his ideas come from and how he manages to retain such tasteful and beautiful work, but also to say... Where's he been the last few months since? Yeah, we've missed him. I know, he was at the tribute show in October last year and then it's kind of all gone a bit quiet. So let's find out. Let's find out. Angelo Seminar is in the house. Hey, <laughs> welcome Angelo. Thank you for joining us. Thank when you. I, uh, hi guys. I, <laughs> hi, hi. When I say in the house, I mean you're actually on our okay. little um, online house party because we can't actually meet up at the moment, but well, yeah. it's lovely to see you. And so we were having a little chat before you came online and um, like, what's going on? Where have you been? We saw you like big on stage in London in October last year with the, the tribute to Trevor Sorby show yeah. there with Eugene and Sally and Antoinette and so on and then kind of we had Christmas and then you kind of you've gone all quiet and secret squirrel so so what's happening? Hello everyone I hope uh, everybody's well <laughs> hi <laughs> so basically I've been um, I've been uh, waiting for some time to to join a new brand which uh, I will be joined very soon, and um, so I took some time off. As you know, I started uh, my career in hairdressing when I was eleven, with never stopped. So wow. I've been hairdresser for what, thirty-seven years. <laughs> but I still, oh, but 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 luckily I'm still you young. Must be tired. <laughs> but <laughs> luckily I'm still young because uh, I I started when I was uh, eleven to a very young age, you know. And um, yeah, that's why really. And uh, I decided to take some time off after my last company where I worked for eight years. And uh, so for me, it's, it's nice to have, to have a break, you know, and to yeah. think about things and, you know, just uh, have a new fresh start, you know, which uh, is going to lead me to hopefully doing amazing things in the future. And um no stress, <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, you know, I just want to really uh, enjoy uh, what I do yeah. and I want to just keep growing like everybody else and, and learning a lot. <laughs> so. so what kind of things have you, so in the, in the break, in the pause that you've had, what kind of things have you sort of let go? Um, have you decided to work in a different way or have you decided to look um, at challenging yourself to to reinvent something or, or what what have you kind of come to the conclusion of no i like the idea of uh, having a role as a global ambassador in with the with a brand and uh, uh, a brand that you know i hope you know we're gonna have a amazing uh, relationship and uh, we can grow together as i did with the last brand 
uh, I left uh, the last brand where I was working simply because I think there is a time where you have to change because, you know, it's just a natural progression of life, I, think, yeah. I guess. And uh, yeah, and I think it's good also to give opportunity to other people to, to join and to, you know, to do their thing again. Yeah. I think I've, I've done quite a lot there and uh, I planted a lot of seeds. So I, I've, I hope I left a beautiful garden growing there for yeah. everybody. And this is what I've always done in my life. I one day would like maybe to open uh, a, a small little chain of salons, but I haven't quite worked out yet what kind of concept that would be because I don't I wouldn't want to open just a typical salon like now mm-hmm. it would have to be something special and something different like you know? everything you do Angelo <laughs> <laughs> well well someone once told me uh, this is a, a guy from Tuscany he was a, actually a photographer painter sculptor used, and I, I grew up uh, you know watching this guy and participating and doing the hair for some of his crazy creative shoots and um, one time he told me that you know there is uh, we have the, the brain we have the, the heart and we have the hands and he said you know if you do something you can do it just with the brain and and that is one thing you can just do it with the you know with your hands and you become an artisan but if you do join your brain your heart and your hands together you can become an artist and uh, this is what something that stuck in my head. I, I think it's important to do things not just for the sake of it or for a business purpose sometimes, but also because you believe and I think you get a better result at the end. Yeah. You know, I yeah. guess as well when joining a brand, it must be the same kind of thing because it must take a while to kind of work out which brand you want to be part of. You're going to have to fully you know, immerse yourself in that brand and totally believe them and and the products and everything. Do, do you find it hard when, you know, I can imagine a lot of people would love you to join their brand? Absolutely. I mean, uh, on my last uh, adventure, it took me maybe a year, year and a half, nearly two years to, to kind of uh, merge yeah. together with the brand and understanding then my philosophy and my way of working and their and also their philosophy and the way of they work. So it can take time because it's, uh, it's like a, mm-hmm. a marriage in a way. And you want, you know, whatever you do, whatever comes out of there yeah. to be good and, and to be successful and to help people in general. Yeah. And, and how do you describe, um, Angelo, you, your work is not, it's not avant-garde, it's not experimental, makes it sound a bit... Uh, rough but it's very challenging I mean you challenge yourself and you 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 try new things you're adventurous is that what what words what drives you is the discovering things well there is one side of me that probably people don't know personally because they have never been in with my company and in, in my company and um there is part of me that is uh, the most commercial hairdresser you will ever meet in your life. And the sort of hairdresser that the clients comes in, you cut the hair six months ago and you say, it still looks good, so just go home. <laughs> save, save, save your money. I had lots of arguments during my career with all the managers around the world saying, Angela, you can't 
send you clients. This is business, you know? And I was like, well, I understand. But, you know, you have to be honest. He looked better than when I cut it six months ago. So now it looks really cool. <laughs> what, you know, she, for me, it's all about vision. You know, the vision is what you see is what it is. And yeah. that, that's all it is. You know, it's what you see. You need to be able to judge it when it's in front of you. And to judge something, you know, sometimes it's not easy because judgments are, can be horrible, you know, can be, yeah. can, be, yeah. can be completely wrong. You can, you can judge something and misjudge and, and you can upset people, you know, you can. Uh, so it's a very delicate subject. But luckily, my eye for beauty and growing up in a beautiful country like Italy, where we, you know, we're fully immersed in architecture, art and fashion brought me to become uh, who I am today. And also within the beauty industry, you know, working with the fashion designers, working with the best makeup artists in the world, like Pat McGrath and Val Gala and Lucia Pieroni, you know, all these people. Watching what, how they, they look at beauty in a very uh, simple but always modern way. I think that really is important, you know, for our profession. Because I was going to ask, you know, everything I there's a synergy between what we do on magazines like Tribute and uh, the the events we put together. We try beautiful and tasteful is always what we're looking for. You have that. Is that something that people can learn? How do you learn? How do you acquire taste? How do you learn? to judge whether something is beautiful or just, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe that anyone can learn if they want to. I've always been like a sponge. I absorbed everything. But then the most important thing is that you have a filter. Right. So it's like, you know, if you can't filter the good things and, and scrub the bad things, then you're always going to carry out with you every the full package of what you have learned which is sometimes not good so i think it's important to uh, have a mentor as a young hairdresser and to choose well your mentorship you know who is going to be this person that is going to enlighten my future you know and show me where the light is to, to go forward and it doesn't have to be one mentor you can have two three five i believe it doesn't matter and everyone Obviously, it will suit a purpose and it will make you grow, you know. And I've had my mentors in my life. And uh, one of my, my biggest mentors is Mother Nature. I've decided that I want to absorb and I want to admire and observe Mother Nature in a way that is very respectful, with a respectful eye and with the, a way that, you know, you just, look at something, you stare at something and you start studying it and looking at how things are done in a way. Yeah. Not just a superficial view. You know, you look at a plant, for example, oh, it's just a plant. Or you look at a zebra and it's just a zebra, you know. Or like, No, just stay, prolong your relationship between your eyes and the subject. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people is kind of missing the boat and the boat goes without you, yeah. you know. yeah. I think, uh, I think that's important, you know, very important. I worked, I worked with, uh, you know, one of my biggest heroes with Trevor Sorby, which for me, there was no one to these days who was better on the stage, you know, doing what he did. Yeah. Uh, Trevor was yeah. uh, the master of, you know, 
he kind of invented the show, if you know what I mean. The, well, how to be on the stage and how to perform. And uh, it wasn't easy. I've seen Trevor, you know, re- being really stressed. But he was putting himself through this pain and this this kind of like really hard work. He was giving 100%, you know, to, yeah. to, go, to go on the stage and demonstrate something, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think. So, yeah. And I think that brings us to the other part of the conversation you have. Um, do you consider yourself to be a particular uh, artisan in a skill of, say, cutting or styling or colouring, I think? Or, or is it everything is interlinked? You can't focus on one over the other. OK, if you have a very good basic training which means the basic. You know what is an horizontal cutting technique, you know what is a diagonal and a vertical cutting technique. It means that if you know and you understand, you can do any type of haircuts. So that's the basics, okay? The same thing with the coloring. If you know your colors and your basic and what you shouldn't do, what you should do, it's the same. And the same with styling. So I kind of like the idea of becoming good within 24 hours to anything that I need to do which means that if I don't know how to do it, I will get a head block, I will get someone, and I go and learn. And that's what it is. And I will do it the night before I have to go to work, if I have to, right. del- if I have to deliver some things. Yeah. If they're telling me we're doing Gothic or something. So it means I have to practice because on the day, I don't want to risk and I don't want to embarrass myself and I don't want to make people waste their time. So I will try my best you know, the night before to prepare myself. And also, I will leave some space for spontaneity, which is very important yeah. to be spontaneous, you know, to just go with the flow and be natural. So you can't be all too planned and all too set because that will show in your work and it kind of looks ugly, I think. You know, yeah. lots of hairdressers, they go on the shoot, they've been spending 25 hours on a hairpiece, they put it on the head. And that's it. <laughs> and that is the yeah, look. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that model has too big eyes, too long neck for that look, or maybe the cheeks are not right for, yeah, you know, yeah. or something. You need now to make that look good, you know. And yeah. I think that's where the, our challenge is all the time, you know, and that comes also with experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with your, um, another word that I would say to describe you, your work that I'm aware of over this is you're like a, a patternist you know you you texture you use color to create patterns and texture so from your imprinter from the um the way you've emulated feathers and animal prints and this the influences that you've taken from nature you seem to always imbue some kind of 3d or texture with your color yeah, I've, um, that's, a, that's another side of, you know, my work, which is uh, it's an ongoing project and uh, I still haven't found, you know, yet the right uh, partner to create something really amazing because uh, A, you need to have a lot of investments. B, it's not just about, you know, slapping a color on the head. You know, it doesn't work like that. You need to have the right tools. You need to have uh, the whole concept uh, prepared because obviously it's a big responsibility if this goes big and it goes on to the clients so at the moment I'm working on uh, some further tools that I'm inventing and other ways of being able to color hair which uh, is similar to it's, it's like one is the imprinter which you all know 
and uh, fl- <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> flamboyage, and um, you know, and all the other techniques they have developed throughout the years, from three D colors to pixels to like uh, pattern colors, uh, texture colors, all kinds of different things. I've done colors like freckles, for example, on one of uh, this collection. It was called the Wild Collection. And uh, I always thought, wow, imagine if you have someone with just beautiful freckles and just continuous on the hair too, why not? And if you have the right tone, you know, so we did that and we did uh, all sorts of stuff. But I'm now preparing uh, myself for a completely new generation of colors, which uh, I'm going to start collaborating with this new brand, which uh, hopefully... Let's see what's happened this period <laughs> when, when, when they're going to let us go out of the prison because <laughs> we feel like all prisoners. Yeah. Well, yeah, we are la- yeah, lack, yeah. Lack, lucky prisoners. It's not quite the same. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite, quite, yeah, quite so bad. At least we are with the families. <laughs> so what will make it a new generation of colour? What, what you can do with it or the technology inside it? What's, when, when you say a new generation, what well, kind I, of things? <clears throat> I think... Um, I think people are scared of trying and I think the hairdresser in general uh, can go a little bit too far sometimes. Uh, the tendency is always 80s for everybody. <laughs> 80s is the, 80s is, let's say, the most fun, most experimental period of yeah. our, our life. And you can't compare it to anything else that is happening, you know. Uh, and I think with the color at the moment, it's just a copy of the copy of the copy of the copy of the copy. There is not really uh, a lot of originality, but people are working very hard and uh, people are very uh, into it. And uh, companies are really pushing uh, hairdressers and through training and through inspiration and through making them uh, become platform artists to show the colors or the color of the brands. And people goes very, very deep into color at the moment. But still, I believe that we are hairdressers and we have to uh, fill up chairs with people in the salon. And the customers, you know, need to come in the salon and feel confident that they're going to come out looking still beautiful, you know, in a way, and still wearable the hair. Will we be seeing some of the more consumer looks that you were talking about, a, the different, a different side to you, maybe? Hopefully. <laughs> you know, everything, so exciting. We, everything we do today is just the base for tomorrow. Uh-huh, you know? exactly. And uh, I, I'm, I'm constantly, I mean, I would like to show you that wall there in front of me to see what's in there <laughs> for a second. But then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, all these panels, it's, it's all like yeah. test and test, test that we do. Uh, to create what we want to do, you know, for the future. And sometimes it can take years, you know. Yeah, ideas come back to you. Do you ever do anything in black and white or is it all colour? Do you always work with colour for photography? Uh, uh, The problem is that when you work for brands or with the brands, especially when you create collections, they're not interested. In black and white, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Uh, because obviously you can't show the colour. Which, you know, the color can be shown anyway, with the graphic anyway. So, mm-hmm. like I've done in the past, you know. Yeah. yeah. But the so color world, done... the color world is, uh, is big and it just keeps growing yeah. every, every second. I, I have so many ideas of how 
things can be improved, but some of these ideas can take two, three years to develop. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. And you also have um, a very strong ethic about nature and sustainability and some of the practices that we've had. So is that a big challenge then to create colour and colour techniques that also marry with your your belief and your passion for nature? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, that was my starting point. Uh, at the moment, uh, my relationship with the nature is that in this time that I've been free, I've been planting maybe 200 different species of trees in my land in the, in the south of Italy. And maybe about, I don't know, I would say another two, three hundred species of plants, uh, different plants, which I love. And that's where I, let's go. And I, I go and regenerate myself sometimes there. Just to, it's, I just love nature, you know. I love places where uh, you're surrounded by nature. And um, I'm glad, you know, that we're starting to become more sustainable about these things, you know. I, I think it's important to save nature. <laughs> so, well, yeah. so, so uh, yeah, I've done, yeah. I've done collections like, for example, Mother Opel, which is, uh, you know, I, I created this uh, technique that is called Mother Opel for color. And this is a few years yeah. back. I think now some people that just do it, they don't even know who did it first or, but they, that's one. I did a collection called Woodland, if you want to refer to a lot of things. And Woodland was really inspired by when you walk into a woodland and you have that kind of poetic, you know, feel. And all yeah, these kind yeah. of colors that they are like into shadows, you know. You get some shadows and you get some sunlight coming through. And that was quite special for, for what we did. And I really loved doing that, you know. I like also creating, you know, the most simple tint, you know, that is really perfectly even, you know, and is suited 100% with the skin color and the personality. You know, I think that skin, skin color personality is the first two things I look when I do color. And uh, yeah. I think it's not really always about fashion or about a trend. I think it's about the individual when we do color. Yeah, I think people talk about it the word individual and bespoke has become almost dumbed down now people use it too much in hairdressing without really appreciating perhaps what that could mean you know I feel as though in journalism we're seeing these words all the time and actually how individual is something you know it's kind of yeah I think I think people need to really look at what they mean by that and are they really doing it um, I think individualism is, uh, is a, a form of free expression. It's about freedom. And that's one of the things that human being wants the most is freedom. Yeah. The, to be able to express yourself and to be who you want to be without any conditions. And I think when we have a client and we are doing a consultation, we need to respect that, you know, even if that's not what we want to do sometimes, but that person, you know, that's what she likes, that's what she's asking. And I think it's important. And individualism is, uh, for me, it's really important, you know, it's, uh, it's the key to life, to be individual. Yeah. yeah, to be your own person and to be proud of it. Uh, yeah. 
Oh gosh, it's so interesting. So what? So when are you coming back to us, Angelo? When are you coming back with this story? Are you waiting for this uh, this confinement, or do you have more things to to think about? Or when can we expect to have you back? Well, at the moment, uh, you know, a lot of people are uh, posting amazing things. I've done lots of interviews these days with different people, thanking you know people like from NHS or like people that works in the hospitals and all these people that are really giving their lives for our lives, which I think is, uh, yeah. is pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, I think this is, uh, this is uh, a moment where people, they're really uh, fermenting, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, <laughs> we're all fermenting, you know. I like that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're fermenting in a way that, you know, we're going to hopefully raise and uh, you know and become who we want to be again yeah. you know yeah. instead of uh, just suffering because it's it's a hard times for everyone yeah but it will happen yeah. it will happen he will slow a lot of things and it will bring us back to some stuff now the biggest challenges we have is how we're going to keep the water clean yeah. like in venice now yeah yeah where you see dolphins yeah. are we gonna yeah. <laughs> start polluting again the same way or mm. or, or we, we this is a big lesson yeah so how are we going to move hopefully, forward? Hopefully, hopefully not. It's a yeah. Warning. Yeah. I think we have to listen and we, we have to think about our children and our children's children. And we've seen it's possible. Look how much difference it makes just a few weeks to change our behaviour. Mm. Very thought-provoking. So, gosh, I think we're out of time now. Yeah, so... Angelo, that's lovely. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And yeah, thank you. We're really happy to see you no, it's on a pleasure. the screen and look forward to seeing you in person. And I want to say... I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes, feeling better. And also congratulations thank because you. of the AIPP Grand Trophy that you were presented with oh, yes. a few weeks ago. Uh, thank you. I know it's not the first time you've had it, but it's lovely to see you having it again. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very, thank you very much. much. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Angelo. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All the best. Ciao. Thank you very much to Angelo Semenara for joining Lauren Stone and myself for this edition of the Respectfully podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Please look for us on iTunes and other podcast platforms. And don't forget to rate and review us because it helps to drive us up the charts and make us easier to find. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.